Welcome to the Ecodharma audio series, Buddhist Reflections on Social Action, recorded in the summer 2014. For more about the work of the Ecodharma Center, check out www.ecodharma.com. Here's Alex Swain. Of course, search engines don't have all the answers but their logarithms do reflect something about contemporary attitudes. Type suffering, and what do you get? Two minutes to a happier you. Nine things you can do to be happy in the next 30 minutes. How to become happy fast. Eight steps with pictures. Are just three of the reams of suggestions that you get. This is advertising, based on the basic and widely held view that suffering is bad. That I'm suffering either because whatever's happening shouldn't be happening, or that I'm not resilient enough to stay well through whatever life throws at me. If I'm suffering, something's going wrong, and I need to fix it, and get back to being happy in eight steps or thirty minutes or whatever it takes. Aversion to pain, it seems, is just part of being human. When it comes up, getting away from it is what matters. Which is difficult, since it doesn't quite seem to want to leave us alone. All of us, says Pema Chodron, are longing for perfect teeth, a weed-free dawn, and a world free of embarrassment. And that, as we know, is never going to happen. We're going to have to live with the pain of our own imperfections. And just turning on the news or reading the latest Amnesty International flyer that comes through our door is enough to mean sitting with a whole cocktail of difficult emotion. Fear, grief, anger, hopelessness. And the natural response to all that is to self-protect and close down. But the pain experienced in response to suffering is important. It lets me know that something is wrong. All along the continuum of inner to outer, this is the case. My hand is getting burned, there's pain, and so I move it. Unaddressed personal trauma causes me pain, and I can then take steps to heal it. I see images of animals crammed into tiny cages, and the pain I feel stops me buying factory-farmed meat. At the same time, the pain felt is an expression of love, It's the basis for passion, the wellspring of volition and agency. Where I experience suffering in myself, I'm inspired to practice, and kindness and awareness grow. Where I experience suffering in response to the cries of the world, I'm inspired to listen, to assist, to safeguard. Compassion grows. And yet the natural tendency to turn away and self-protect goes very deep. Certainly, sometimes that's a useful mechanism, Sometimes the heart needs guarding from overwhelm and devastation. Sometimes it just needs a rest. But Jung's model of the psyche expresses clearly if we continually push away and repress parts of our experience, they jump back at us, unexpectedly and shouting louder. Our own psychosomatic inner lives are like ecosystems. Specific problems need to be addressed and healed or they cause sickness of some kind to the whole. Everything needs integrating. And in the wider ecosystem of all living beings that we're each part of, where we consistently ignore and push away problems, sickness also spreads. Things have to shout louder and it all gets worse. The forest that was cut down leads to more topsoil erosion, loss of habitat and biodiversity, less capacity for natural response and redundancy, and so it goes on, gaining power and momentum the longer the problem goes unaddressed. Too busy avoiding pain to notice, we end up with big chunks of the system withering, ailing and dysfunctional, and the whole system suffers as a result. 
The pain I feel in response to the social injustice and ecological devastation in the world is not something to be fixed in a step-by-step -step guide. It's a healthy response and it needs to be honoured and respected. The way the heart gets prized open, the way the soul gets carved out when I'm able to turn towards suffering and welcome it, feels deeply important. Being able to tolerate the discomfort of it, not jumping ship when things get difficult, going out to meet the frackers as they arrive on the next piece of land with their gigantic drills and gallons of chemicals, taking with me the feelings of anger and hopelessness, abiding there. The Buddha's primary teaching is of the Four Noble Truths. That suffering exists is the first. It's a noble truth, a grand, magnificent, honourable truth, not a depressing, unfortunate setback, because of the opportunity it affords us when it's welcomed. There's a story. A big, burly samurai goes to visit the wise man, terrified that the actions he's undertaken in his life are going to take him to hell. Tell me what I must do to avoid hell, he demands. And the Roshi looks him in the face and says, Why should I tell a scruffy, disgusting, miserable slob like you? The samurai starts to get agitated and angry, but the Roshi won't stop. He keeps on insulting him and rejecting him until, consumed with rage, the samurai draws his sword and is just about to cut off the head of the Roshi. Then the Roshi says, That's hell. The samurai's heart is touched deeply as he understands what's being said. He sees that he's just created his own hell. Tears fill his eyes and he starts to cry as he places his palms together and the Roshi says, That's heaven. Those tears, letting himself suffer the remorse, the sadness at his own delusion, the pain of transformation, that suffering, he's told, is heaven. Thank you.